This is Coffee with Timmy. Hello, how are you? Welcome back to Coffee with Timmy. How are you doing? Today we're going to have, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to be posting this on both the podcast and the um, YouTube channel. And as you can see, I have with me another gorgeous person. I am so blessed. I only know gorgeous people, hey, in spirit and physically. Um, before we before we go on, may I please ask that you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, it's just up here. Yeah, subscribe to my channel, subscribe to my podcast. It really helps me when the numbers of my followers or my subscribers grow. So if you haven't, please do it now. Today, we're going to be talking about women, law and finance. Women, law and finance as it applies to us. Um, I don't want to say just African women because I've been done a bit of research, I realized that some of these things we're talking about today, it's all women. We all do it. Uh, maybe it's a genetic thing. <laughs> maybe we are programmed to be like that, but we'll find out. So today, today I've got with me Maclody Letiani, who is with uh, Standard Bank. You're with Standard Bank yes. now? Yes. yes uh, really new to Standard Bank. Yes. <laughs> and it is such an honor to have someone who is well-versed in the topic for today. Someone who is also a female. Actually, uh, for the next two, three weeks, um, we're going to do things that have to do with women because we're going into May and it's Women's Day and I'm making it Women's Month. So we're going to talk about things that affect us as women. So... We want to look at different things and we don't think we had this conversation we don't think we're going to be able to finish today mm -hmm. so at the end i would like you to say if you want an a stream a streamed one yes a streamed um episode or you can just send in your questions and we'll talk about it again so welcome Matt Lodi. <laughs> so it's so good to be here with you i've always wanted to do this Ooh. <laughs> so I'm the first one. Yeah. Yay. So um the first thing that I would like us to look at as women, one thing that we did talk about is don't be afraid of the law. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of the law. I know this personally, um, something with my with my parent, and I remember my mom not wanting to go to court. She didn't, you know. Mm -hmm. She was like, no, no, I'm not going to court. Nobody in my family has ever been to court. And really, there was no need to be afraid because things could have turned out differently. So let's start. I don't, I don't know anything about law, so I'm going to give it on to you. When we say um, don't be afraid of the law, how would you explain that to women? I would say don't be afraid of the law because the law is there to protect you. And if you know your rights, you are able to protect yourself and those around you. Okay. So that's what we mean by don't be afraid of it. Don't be intimidated. Okay. All you just need to do is ask the questions. And by asking questions, you know, they say there's no thing like a stupid question. Um, so <laughs> ask. And are you sure there's nothing like a stupid no, question? No, there isn't. <laughs> okay. Ask and mm. have people explain to you what it means. Okay. And you find that once you understand, you're able to make better decisions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you say no, when you say no, you're right. In what way? We mean know how the law 
protect you. Okay. Know what the law wants you to know. Know what you can and cannot do. You know, I must also mention that um, know your right also comes with knowing your responsibilities. Okay. It's just yeah. not about my rights, mm -hmm. but it's also about what I can and cannot do and hence my responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. So we agreed we'll we'll start with um contracts. <laughs> Read when they say did you um some things are in your contract. Like the phone contract, for example. Yeah. Seriously, who has ever read Vodacom's old contract? Yeah. Step yeah. by step. I will never read it until we need to do something. And they say, no, but it's there. And so, 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 so. I, I had this, um, I will not name the bank, but mm -hmm. you know yourself. You know yourself. So I had a safe deposit box and the bank was robbed. I think it was due to negligence on their part. And everything went. And when I wanted to claim, um, like you guys are responsible for this, this they told me that in section so 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 and so, uh, they were not liable for theft, for um, for fire. But so I'm like, why did I bring it? Mm. It was all because of this that I, I paid mm. you every month. Mm. So in the end, I lost really valuable documents that I cannot, I have not been able mm. to replace. Mm. But it was there. Mm. So what would you say about um, contracts? You know, the one thing as you're talking that just came into my mind is being a lawyer myself, a lot of the language that is used in legal contract <laughs> is yes. difficult. Yes. It's not for the ordinary man. Mm -hmm. And that's why in South Africa, you know, a, a few years ago, we started this movement of plain language where we write contracts in language that the ordinary men on the street can understand it okay the second thing that comes to mind is you know what they normally call fine print it's small it's written in small fine print that tell me about it you can't <laughs> read it and for you to read it you need almost a magnifying <laughs> but it is necessary that you read um, that you ask questions and if you don't understand you say explain it to me i don't want this in here can you change it? Because you can ask and, you know, hence the whole concept of negotiation comes from that you should be able to say, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. Let's negotiate for what I actually want to see in my contract. Mm -hmm. The sad part is when you go and write or sign a legal contract, yeah. you abandon yourself. You are saying that I understood what is in the contract. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why it's always important that you don't sign anything without first reading it, making sure that you understand. And if you want something to be changed, you ask it for it to be changed. Yes. Um, I'm going to say the thing that um, women are thinking about now, or even um, a man. If we look at the phone contract, really, how many of it am I going to read? And I think maybe we think some things are not as important it's just mm. a phone you know i'm just going to put my signature on it and then a phone contract you can't take it away the pressure in you or maybe not pressure but they're saying you need to sign initial this page initial this page initial this page and it's a lot mm. and just like ah, it's just a phone mm. but so if we think a phone contract is mm, it's just a phone are we putting that also into other things that we're doing i think so i mean how many people actually read an example if all of us, you know, we enter into 
employment contracts with our employers. Do you actually read it or are you just too happy to get the job? Well, I read how much I'm going to be paid and my leave. <laughs> you also read about your responsibilities as an employer. After I've signed. Yeah. I, I always read it after yes. I sign. Yeah. And then you're buying a car. Do you understand? That's also a lot of reading. It, it is a lot. But, and, and, and this is when people have been taken advantage of because you have not taken the time to actually ask, what am I getting into? Mm -hmm. Can I afford it? Is it what is right for me? So it is important that you read. And, you know, that's why we, you know, we went to law school so that we can help ordinary people, people who <laughs> are educated, mm -hmm. but not necessarily educated in the part of the law so that we can help them through that process. Do you think if I went, say, I want to buy a car now, mm -hmm. they're not going to allow me to take that paper away? Well, have you ever asked? You, you have time to think about it. <laughs> so okay i've never asked exactly so the danger is like i said remember that i said the minute you sign mm -hmm. you're saying that i understand i agree to everything um but take the time somebody who is not forcing you to sign into this thing the minute they say no no you've got to do it now then those for me are red flags okay. why are you asking me to do it now without me going away to think about it to read so that I can come back with questions, ask the questions, let's change it. Even if, even if I can't change it, understand why is there and why and, and how I can even be protected, even though, you know, it's stated in a contract. Yeah. Because I was going to come to that. Some contracts you can't change. And I always think it's for the benefit of the person who has written the contract. You know, it's always like that. Yes. It's like, well, you either take it or leave it. Yes. That's that's what. But one thing that you have said, which takes us to the next thing, is negotiate. Mm -hmm. Um, talk to us. Talk to us about negotiating, about learning to negotiate. I always say, don't take the first prize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. you're trying to bargain, and somebody says, "I'm selling this piece of item for two hundred rand." I don't have to take the first prize. Um, I must ask. You know, can I negotiate for a better price? And many people are willing to negotiate. We don't ask, can I negotiate? We'll always take the first price. People who know their worth, people who know how hard it is to get that money that they're going to be paying, they always negotiate. Many of us take the first price. Yeah. That's, that's offered to us. So my thing about it is I know my worth. I know that I work too hard for my money to be paying anything. That someone just says, you know, I'll give you this item for this amount of money. I must always negotiate. Okay. And uh, I'll use an example. I went into a shoe shop. Yes. And my friend bought, uh, I went with her and she bought um, like two or three pairs of shoes. And she said, I'm going to pay cash. How much are you going to give it to me? I was, I was like, oh no, you can't do that in a shop like this. And the the girl said the same as that. No, that's the price. You know, that's the price. She said, yeah, I could get your supervisor. Let's find out. Yeah. I'm paying cash. It's not on credit. How much are you willing to give me? Yeah. And she got a discount. Yes. I have never, ever in my life yes. thought that I would get a discount from that. You know, yes. it's, a, it's a shoe shop. Yes. Well, what do you mean? And she got a discount. Yeah. And I said, uh, you know, I was actually couldn't say. I was just like, I'm, 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 I'm. but she got a discount. Do you know the question that um, <laughs> certain merchants use? Mm. You know, when you're looking, you're mm. eyeing an item, then say, mm. 
how much is this? And they say, how much you got? Oh, wow. Because it means that they're willing to negotiate. Okay. And so you need to listen. You need to listen. And that mm. comes down to when it comes to your finances, you know, and, 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 and today's topic is about women, law, and finances. Mm -hmm. Man, go out there and make sure that you're just not taking the first prize. You know your rights. You know that you can walk into a shop. Just because a price is written there doesn't mean that there's a first prize that I must actually pay for. Okay. Know your worth. So it's not, this know your worth. I know some women will say, yes, when um, it has to do with, let's talk about salary then. Yeah. When, when then you say, oh, I can only pay 10000 like, nope. I can uh um I can't do ten thousand. With for for that we're ready to negotiate. And I find even with that, just because you are stuck, um at a, um maybe you haven't had a job for a while or whatever, don't also take because this has happened to me. Don't take the first prize. Just say um no, this this yeah. is a bit small or you know something. Yeah, can you do something? And sometimes you find that it might not be a lot from what we started from, but at least it's a little bit something. Yeah. And they know that you know who you are. You know what it is that you're worth. Okay. That is true. That is very true. Mm -hmm. and, and and many even employers, uh, they, they can negotiate. Remember, there's always that room that I can, mm -hmm. this, between in, here and here, we can play here. Yes. Beyond that, we're not willing to play. Mm -hmm. And even know, you know that below this, I'm not going to play. Mm -hmm. So understand that, you know, as a job seeker, and, and 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 I know that today's topic is not really talking about employment, mm, but it's, it's, all, part but of, it's mm. all part of women mm. law and their finances. Mm -hmm. Understand, make your research. What is the job market offering for this job? And but that's a bit yeah. a bit tricky now because okay, so what's the job market offering? And you keep hearing that there is a difference between what the men are paid and what the women are paid for the same job. You know, so when I say, okay, what is that? And you say, oh, here it's $15,000. But then you get, you know, our, 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 our maximum is 13000 which means if I was a man, you pay me more. It's really, I mean, that's, I think that's another topic because it gets me so worked oh, yeah. up, you know, like, no, yeah. you know, because I think we already have to prove ourselves much mm -hmm. more than they have to. So we're working harder just to be accepted at the same level. And then you pay me less, you know? I can get all walked up about that. I agree. <laughs> you know, someone many years ago once said to me mm -hmm. is that women ne never negotiate for a better pay. But men, they always negotiate. So I have learned that I'm worth so much more and that I'm not afraid to go and say, I think I'm being underpaid. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And many times when you do that, people mm -hmm. come back and say, okay, let's look at this. Okay, okay. I hope that is still not within that. This is the women's salary. This is the men's salary. I think, you know, so we are fortunate that we're in a country where, you know, there's a thing called pay parity. Okay. Um, you know, the difference between what is paid to men and what is paid to women. Um, and we're fortunate that, you know, there is intention in the part of many companies and the government to close this gap okay. uh, between the difference between what women are being paid and what men are being paid. Again, it comes back to, have you done your research? Obviously, you know, many companies will tell you that salaries are confidential. You know, you co don't go talking about your um, salary with your um, co-workers or your mm. uh, colleagues. But 
understanding that in this role, it doesn't matter whether I'm a female or male, this is what I'm supposed to be getting paid. Because and we're going, doing the same job. And we're doing the same right. job. And going mm -hmm. to an employer and say, let's let's go over to the drawing table. <laughs> but it's about understanding what you're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. I think many of us, which is because of maybe traditions, mm -hmm. um, because of the many laws that you use to hold women down. Okay. We've not fully understood what it is that we're bringing to the table. But I believe that is changing. Okay. I believe that is changing because when you look at the economy, the biggest participants in the economy are women. So why are we not asking for what we're worth? Uh, we must know our rights. Yeah. We're going to have a whole lot of another conversation entirely <laughs> on knowing our rights. Okay. So you said something about tradition. Mm -hmm. There is, um, there are some things, not just the, not just one, but there are some things that people have accepted as the right thing or the only way to do a certain thing but it's actually tradition it's not the law yes how how, how again i guess it comes to knowing your right but how how can women negotiate this because whether we like it or not it's a man's world especially in africa it's a man well not no if not everywhere come on yeah it's a man's world because when i look at some of the laws i'm like hmm if you were if you were a woman you never I've agreed to that. We'll mm. not have done that because mm. yeah, you know what it is for mm. a woman. So how do we, how, how do women, um, I don't even know how to ask the question. How do we save ourselves from what is tradition, traditional way of doing things and what the law is about doing things? Um, I'll, I'll use an example. A girl is, um, a girl is abused. This is probably an international thing as well. And she's underage or she just abused, whether underage or not. And the family said, there's a way we deal with this. Mm. Here, down, say here in Africa, there's a way we deal with this. But you don't want it to be dealt with that way. You want justice for yourself or you want justice for your child, for your sister. How do we negotiate this or navigate this? <laughs> not negotiate, now, navigate this. I don't want to say it's tricky. But I think where, where, where we find ourselves, you know, as you've mentioned in the African continent, is that, you know, we've never um, uh, uh, differentiated between tradition and the law. Okay. Um, we've never understood that just because something is followed as a practice in my family um, does not mean that the laws of the country um, are actually upholding that. Again, I'll go back to the fact that that's why you've got lawyers who are there to protect the people. Um, and, you know, the one way that you need to be able to manage that, again, it goes back to understanding what does the law say about this particular aspect of my life? Um, the fact that the family is saying we will handle it uh, in the family does not mean that they're actually looking out for the rights. Mm -hmm. It could be that they are looking to maintain the reputation of, of the family, family. yeah, at your own expense. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, you know, with programs like this, conversations like this are needed that when it comes to question of abuse, you know, um, physical abuse, any form of abuse, we always go back to the fact that the law of the nation, the law of the country does not stand by and allow people to be so abused. But it's a tradition. Yes. Yeah, I find um, 
some things happen to women and I cannot, I cannot understand how another woman will help in holding that tradition mm. down. Mm. And I know it's because some of them will say, well, it happened to me, you know, it happened to my mother. So that's just the way it is. But that's it. That just the way it is, is a tradition or we've, it might not even be the tradition. We've come to accept that's the way it is. Mm, mm. Meanwhile, there's a law that can protect us. But I also believe that African tradition in its purest form does not condone abuse of women. No. It, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It actually protects those who are vulnerable in our communities. Mm -hmm. um, it's just pure evil that people were allowing things to happen all in the name of tradition. But it is not really tradition. No. And so it, it, it becomes important that People are having these conversations that, you know, what we have come to accept for a very long time as tradition is actually not tradition. And that's why you've had in South Africa as an example, um, a movement where you've seen a lot of the things that we've come to accept as tradition actually being questioned. Okay. And that's why you've had many laws that have been passed mm -hmm. in our country that are seeking to protect women. Yeah. Because for a long time, we took abuse as tradition, which is not tradition <laughs> pure african tradition does not stand by and allow women and children to be abused that is not true yeah you take you look after your wife you look yes. after your women yes yeah you look yes. after your women yeah. okay now that we're on tradition let's go to marriage law mm. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of it, it actually feels like we're going through so many things so quickly so please leave um questions your thoughts and we'll come back to address she has agreed she will do another one if we have to do a series, then we'll do a series. But um, we just felt that these are things that we need to talk about. So we might just be looking at it on the surface, but um, it's not because we don't want to dwell in it, um, delve into it, but because there's just so much to say about everything. Um, I was saying earlier, I didn't know until I came to South Africa that there were different kinds of marriage. When I say that, as in you could marry in community of property, property. Mm -hmm. you could marry in this, uh, or they could even um, keep your name. I remember uh, that's the woman. I remember um, a, a gentleman who got married, and the wife was very for us progressive, and she said she was going to keep a surname, and the husband agreed. Oh my word! All his friends were like, "It's so stupid! What kind of nonsense is that?" She's going to keep her name. You see the husband in the issues. <laughs> <laughs> Who's wearing the pants in this family? Is it this girl? Is it this? But her husband was fine with it, you know? But for me, I didn't think it was a thing that you could decide to keep your name, mm. you know? And I used to think once you marry, everything is everybody's. It belongs to everybody. But take us through because now I know. There are different kinds of marriages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in South Africa, we've got three marital laws. Mm -hmm. So when you get married, ideally before you get married, you must understand mm -hmm. um, the type of marital law that you want to apply to your marriage. So we've got three. Women, listen. We've got marriage in community of property. Mm -hmm. We have marriage out of community of property without accrual. We have marriage out of community of property with accrual. Please so let explain. me explain. This. Thank you. <laughs> so marriage in community of property means that when I get married, me and my husband, mm. what he owned and what I owned before we got married is brought together and it's one. 
One plus one makes one. Yes. Okay. Right. And that means, sadly, mm-hmm. even the liabilities. Yes, I found this out like one hour ago. That yeah. if I'm in, if he's in debt, then I'm in debt as well. Yeah. Yo. So it means the lib- assets and liabilities. Now, me and him, we're now responsible for this. So if he goes and makes, gets into debt, <laughs> guess what? The law says both of us are in it. Both of us are in it. So that is marriage in commuter property. Okay. Then you've got marriage out of commuter property mm-hmm. without accrual. What that means is I keep what I had before marriage. He keeps what he had before marriage. Should it happen that the marriage is dissolved, that is through a divorce or through death, I've I've kept what is mine and he's kept what is his. Okay. And then, yeah. but no, you said the things we had before we married. What we, happens to the things that we did together? Or do we, throughout the marriage, everybody has to keep their own stuff. Everybody keeps their own stuff. Shoof. And then you've got what is called marriage out of communal property with accrual. So that means that I get married, I keep my one million, mm-hmm. and he keeps his one million. Okay. During the marriage, mm-hmm. I grow my estate to two million. Mm-hmm. He grows his estate to one million. When the marriage gets dissolved, I must share the difference. My growth, I must share that with him. And notice is I'm saying the women because i'm now punting women yes more monies right yes. mm-hmm. and so if i've made one million extra during the marriage that one million extra i must now share that with him does that apply to the other to him as it well? also applies to him as well that is called what is called marriage out of community property with accrual and it is important that before people get into that contract of marriage they have asked the questions they have looked at their circumstances and then they have determined what works for me and what does not work for us and you know you don't have to um to to go into things and accept things as they are then i must also explain another concept yeah if we get married and we've not asked questions we've not had a discussions there is a default marital law that applies that is Income of property because we've not made a choice. Okay. For us to have been able to make this choice, we must actually to say we want to get married in, out of community property, whether with or without accrual, we must actually go sit before a lawyer. Who will then oh, that was going to be my next question. Okay. Who will then put mm-hmm. together a contract that says so and so are getting married, they are choosing to get married out of community of property with or without accrual. And that gets to be a contract that we enter into before getting married if we don't have this conversation and we don't go to a lawyer before marriage by default south african law says you're married in commuter property and sadly many people find themselves in the situation where we never had the conversation they never had the conversation because it's love yes (laughs) they never ask the questions Mm -hmm. and things happen and let's be honest love happens yeah we don't go into thinking that things are going to get ugly mm-hmm. but things do get ugly Sometimes, and you yeah. find yourself having to share your pension fund at work with even pen- your pension yes. fund is read the contract yes read ask the questions contract. it might read the contract yes. 
Yes. Oh my God, your yes. pension fund. Your pension fund. And you, you, you have to share it. And and that's why you know when 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 a marriage is dissolved by death or mm-hmm. well by death it's often you know y- y- you know the executor will come in and the marriage will have to be um the marriage is automatically dissolved by death and mm-hmm. um, the executor will come in and they will first pay the assets of the um so the liabilities yeah. of the estate mm-hmm. and then if so i'm now jumping mm-hmm. so if the spouse who's passed away left a will mm-hmm. you know the assets will be divided according mm-hmm. to the will but let's take that the marriage is dissolved by divorce divorce yeah so you go to court and the court will say how are you married so you married a government of property and then the lawyers will say everybody bring forth what you had this is why people idea stuff even <laughs> when you are hiding stuff <laughs> We can go and investigate, <laughs> and they say, "Where are you employed?" Mm-hmm. They will write a letter to mm-hmm. the trustees of your pension fund at work, and they say, "How much money has been accrued to so and so, and yours? How much has been accrued?" And if the other person did not have such a big pension fund, you know, because it's one community um, estate, mm-hmm. you have to share even your pension fund. Do I look happy? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yo, yo, yo. Okay. Okay. So, um, it doesn't matter how old you are, um, ladies. It doesn't matter how old you are. These are things that you need to know. And if you are for whatever reason, um law love took over and you didn't do this when you should have, you need to speak to your daughters. You need to speak to your sons because even though we're saying this is women, because um women are the ones who are, you know, it's lovey dovey. I don't want or to say sign a prenuptial uh, agreement and no, I don't want to sign. No, 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 no. You need to protect yourself. You need to protect yourself. Not because you don't love the person, but really because you love the person is why you're doing this. And you need to love yourself. It's good to love, you know, 100%. You should love yourself to 101. <laughs> but what about tra- uh, traditional marriages? How does, how does this come in? Because I remember there was a time some years back where Muslim women who had married under uh, what's that law? Um, not Sharia law. What is it? Nik- what were the Nik- uh, Nikai? The, the the Muslim marriage, and then the husband divorces them or the husband died, and they find themselves without any time. Remember a particular case? This woman was on seven o two, and apparently she and her husband had built up the business he actually left the job to come and join and when he died the family came in and took over they didn't acknowledge not only did they not acknowledge the fact that she was part of this business that she had they like totally cut her out of it and then it turns out there was nothing in her name in any form in any way to show that she was part of the business so women who are married under traditional you know like if you have more than one wife, obviously, your polygamous, so it's mm. not uh caught um what what happens then? So in in, in South Africa mm. we have in order to cater for what is called customary marriages. Okay, so that's you, a customary marriage. Yes. Mm. We have a law that was passed um I think some twenty years back. Again. Okay. Just over twenty years back. Um, called Recognition of Customary Marriages Act. Okay. Um, which w- the intention behind that was to bring 
what is called traditional marriages, that is marriages entered into by black people in this country okay. in line with civil marriages. Okay. So in terms of that law, when I get married in terms of customary law, that is Lobola is paid, mm -hmm. there's all the African traditions that are followed, that law is also, rather that marriage is also protected under South African law. Okay. You know, when I mentioned that, you know, this law was passed so that um, customary marriages are also brought in line okay. with other civil marriages, mm -hmm. that law says that even customary marriages are also automatically in community of property. Okay. But we can still choose, even when you're married in terms of the customary law, you can still choose to say, what type of marital regime do I want to govern my marriage? Okay. Now, with Muslim marriages, there is no law that governs them in terms of South African law. So that is still in terms of the Sharia law. And that law says it is automatically out of community of property. Now, we must differentiate between a marital law and inheritance law. Okay, we're going to go there now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the example that you're citing mm -hmm. is, is, you know, you find that there is a marital regime that applies and then there is an inheritance law that says when if you're Muslim, what happens if you pass away and you're a man and or you're a woman, you are a man, you are survived by a wife, children, maybe a father, and what have you. That inheritance law is done in terms of the Muslim inheritance law okay. or law of succession. Oof, oof, oof. That's that's uh that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. That's so, a whole topic on its own. So yes. So those who are, and I'm just gonna say this quickly and then we're going somewhere. So those who are in a polygamous marriage, whether I um I can't say Christian now. <laughs> a polygamous marriage, but they're not Muslim, which law will will will, will apply? Should the husband die? It will have to be um customary. Yeah. So so in that case, it, it gets tricky um because you know, so for instance, South African law says you will not be you will not enter into marriage in terms of the marriages act and have more than one wife or more than oh. one one um husband husband <laughs> which is there's a term for it yeah right? um polyandry polyandry yes that's <laughs> correct um so um an african man who wants to take more than one wife it will be the customary law route and in terms in terms of that um there's also laws that apply in terms of how are you married um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to have Oh, because I'm thinking you yeah. can't have um community uh what's the you can't have your stuff together if you have two wives. If I say our stuff together and then our stuff together, which stuff are you talking about? If it's three houses that you have, so are those three houses for one, two, three, me and the other wife and you or you know, um what are we talking about now? Okay. Yeah. So this one says you said protect your interest 
your financial injury. I think we've sort of talked about it now. There's something about um, saving and about our pension. Let me put it with pensions. Um, Women tend to not save as much when it comes to pension, apart from, well, maybe the one that the company takes and puts away for you as men. Because um, it's been because women, um, they have other other things in mind. They're looking after the house. They're looking after the child. I want my child to go to this university. So I need um, to put two feet, instead of 500 in my pension, I'm going to put 250 to the pension and the other to my child's school, whatever it is. How, how do we protect? So we're not making, there was something you said. You said we need to make every investment. Mm. How do we do that as a woman? It starts with becoming literate or becoming educated about savings and about our finances. Um, and I suppose if one looks at you know at the trends, is that um, a lot of women or, or or many women are the primary caregivers for their children mm-hmm. um you know we are always putting others first before our own needs yeah. and interests um and so when it comes to having enough savings when it comes to you know i want to buy a car i want to buy a house you know i don't you know people are not taught on how to say um you know financial education is very important um it 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 talks to or looks at making sure that I've taken out insurance for my vehicle for you know short term insurance. I've taken I've taken I've taken out life cover. You know I'm not just relying on the savings that my employer is forcing me to make for my retirement. That I also make sure that I've got other savings on the side. Mm-hmm. And I think the main reason for that is that as women we take care of so many people. You know, mm. I may need to be sending mm-hmm. money back home to yeah. help look after mm-hmm. my elderly mother. Mm-hmm. You know, I when it comes to household things, I'm always the one who's buying this and this and this. Also, because in the times past, we allowed or we left the issues of finances to the men. To the men. And now that, you know, we've got to take care of it, we just don't know where to start. And that is a problem, is that by the time you start, it may be too late. So we need to make sure that we get educated on interest rates. You know, if I'm buying a car, how much interest rate is fixed to interest be and variable? Mm. Understanding, I found out the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> finding out how much is going to be charged. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, driving in here, I saw um, a newspaper advert that mm-hmm. says, and and I think is attributed to the. Um, governor of the Reserve Bank saying that we're going to have to make some hard choices and talks to the fact that maybe interest rates are going to be rising. Do you understand that if today I'm buying a car and the bank says to me, we're going to give you what is called a variable interest rate, that every time when the Reserve Bank in- increases the repo rate, that if the bank is saying we're giving you what is called prime plus two percent and that every time when the reserve bank increases interest rates mine also increases so the cost of borrowing money increases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we need to know things like we need to be asking those questions and we no longer live in terms when 
you know, this information was not available. This information is, 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 is publicly available. We've got to make the time to make sure that we read and we ask the, the questions. I was just going to say that. It's the asking the questions. We don't ask questions. It's like when women go to the dog. You know, you see certain people and you think they are the experts. They know what they're talking about. And then you don't, you don't ask the questions that need to be asked, you know. So we need to ask the questions. I found out about that interest rate to my, oof, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Uh -uh, I'm telling you, it wasn't funny. Making every um, investment, you said something about July savings. So, 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 South Africa, uh, we have um, in July, mm -hmm. uh, many financial institutions they encourage um, their customers and society at large to be saving. Um, and you know, it's been start July savings month. And mm -hmm. the reason for this is because research has found that South Africans are not saving enough. Okay. We're not saving enough money. We're not saving enough money for retirement. We're not saving enough money for a rainy day. You know, my geezer bursts and I don't have insurance. People have got to go borrow money from the bank. Or I'm driving a car and one day I get a tire burst. I don't have money to pay for that expense. Yeah. And so it is about encouraging people to save money so that when um, I have an emergency need for money, yeah. I don't find myself going to borrow money but i've got money that is saved up for such expenses those we had this conversation before we started so i'm going to say it. we're going to have to talk about this because as much as the government says this is how much you should spend out of your salary on this and mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. so many women and maybe men too are not able to save either not able to save what they would like or just cannot save we have so many um, single parents. I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. We have so many single parents, either intentionally single uh, parenting or life happens and they find themselves to be a single parent. By the time the bills add up or the bills come in, which has to be paid, there's like, how much is left? Where am I going to find this? Mm. So I think maybe we'll sit down and have another conversation on even the, even the little bit helps. Um, my my helper said um to me that um when her son was so small she noticed that he was smart you know and she started putting 50 rand mm. I, was it, I think she said 50 rand she opened an account for him started putting 50 rand every month when he was about four now he, he oh i think he graduated this week and she said every year she paid his um hostel and tuition at the beginning of the year once off from the money that she's been saving, saving. Yeah. this is not this is not a woman that, that went to school so yeah. it's not about being um educated it's been about being literate in certain things you know there's something like street street maths and she said she's never had to borrow for his school or anything like that and her husband um she was divorced quite early so she's carried this boy just the one child that she has she's carried this boy through and i, I you know i was so proud of her I mean, she's an old one, but I wanted to like, oh my woman, I'm so proud of yes. you. Nobody told her. She said, no, she just noticed that he was smart. And she wanted him to go wherever he wanted to academically yeah. that she didn't able to. So how do we make that space? If, you know, because sometimes I also think we look at 50 rand. Mm. <laughs> but really, that 50 rand at the end of the year, it might not be more, maybe just 300 yes, rand, but yes. it's 300 that he wouldn't have had. Yes. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? So in, we, in in this country, we've got a wonderful concept called Stockfell. 
Yes. <laughs> that many of us grew up on stock farm money. Okay? Because mm-hmm. you know, you come together with a group of friends mm-hmm. and to a point you say 50 rand mm-hmm. and every month you have an an obligation to say I'm going to put 50 rand in this account. Okay? Come January we share the money and we take the money and we are paying our children's school fees. Mm-hmm. And this concept of stock fell has been there for many many years. Oh yes. yes. We call it Sorry. another name. Yes. Mm. Oh yeah. you have we have it, but ours is not as regulated as as South Africa. In South Africa they actually have stock fell communities you go to the bank you open yes. an account. No. We we have what we call it ajo. Okay. Which is ajo's you know come together. Yeah. And basically what you do is you can be working in, in a new office i look at people that you feel like okay we're sort of yes, i said do you yes. want to, you just ask do you want to do our job yeah and say yes um this is how much we can you you know and that's it yeah so we do it very informal yeah. but it's something that has been there for years i remember growing up to see the old people we used to do it you know yeah. our grandmothers there will be someone who goes around so like your stock fell yes. they take accounts and all of that but um now in what i say modern times we just find a friend men do it women do it and it can be for anything but i think mostly i don't think we do it to con- for continuous saving i think we do it for so like towards the end of yes, yeah yes. i want to buy something okay so I'll come together but now i'm in one right now so i'm thinking okay i mustn't take that money and spend it at christmas yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mustn't spend that money at christmas i must yeah. put it away yeah yeah mm-hmm. so you know and the reason why i mentioned this is because it's another form of saving yeah um because what is really stockfell about stockfell is about one that commitment mm-hmm. and the discipline that you have made with yourself to be say i'm mm-hmm. going to be disciplined and i'm committed to this cause and i'm also making a promise to this group of people six or 12 people mm-hmm. that will save money towards and that's what um saving is about it's about discipline you know you know the the, the english language has called you know um has got a phrase called delaying gratification <laughs> if i can delay consuming now mm-hmm. for later and i'm saving money every month and i enjoy the money or i'm able to buy that thing or have that thing later on that's what savings is about yeah in this um world of uh, instant coffee that's what i call it mm. instant coffee you know instant coffee can't even wait for the coffee to um to boil but yeah it's it's um it's a lot of um it's on sale and i'm trying to teach my child that just because it's on sale doesn't mean you have to have it you yes. might not need it yes but because, that's why they're making it like woo woo yes. it's on sale it's on yes. sale it's on sale yes. and sometimes even these days you have to look at it's on sale really how much have you saved you know if you say buy two and you pay a certain amount like what i wanted to buy recently i think was shampoo mm. and if i buy two it's 175 rand if i buy one it's 110 but that one shampoo because this big bottle it takes us like forever to finish using it mm. why do i want to buy two which might even expire where we're still mm. still at it mm. so i really thought about it i was going to like do we need this the one we the one that we're replacing which year did we buy it wasn't last year yes. that's so what do i need yes. to buy three years in advance yeah. so you need to even look at the things that are on sale some things make sense but we shouldn't just because it's on sale um we're going there's no way we're not going to do this twice <laughs> but i want 
because we didn't, we're not getting to wills and trust. We're just going to talk about one thing that came up that I didn't know, then found out. So we're just going to look at, um, we're not, we, we haven't talked about death task. I think death, uh, you said we didn't have inheritance in South Africa, yes. but we have not even looked about that. We haven't looked at trust. You setting up a trust. And please, I know we are female and I know sometimes we leave this thing to the man in the house, but there are a lot of single mothers now, right? a lot of single mm. mothers, young and old. And I think the younger we start, as well as a single parent, uh, the earlier we start, the better. But something that came to that came up um, wasn't what I was looking for or what I was looking at. But did you know that just because you're not around, I said this person verbally will look after my child, and the person, like of course, I mean, you look after her. But if for for unseen reason you're not around. Permanently, no, you're pew, dead. Mm-hmm. You're not around. If you're not legally appointed, please correct me if I'm wrong. Legally appoint, if you have not legally appointed someone to be your child's legal guardian, it doesn't hold. Please explain that to us. Because if I say, oh, my sister will look after her, don't worry. And then... So in terms of the Children's Act, okay, you have to nominate a legal guardian for your child in a will. So you must have a will to be able to say, this is my child's... Okay. Mm -hmm. But let me say this. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about something that is very close to my heart. (laughs) Women who are single parents. Yeah. We must distinguish between, I'm a single parent, but the father of my child is still alive. Okay. That person, by law, is a natural guardian. So if I'm no longer around as a natural guardian, okay, he must assume the responsibilities. And what if he doesn't want? What if he doesn't? Then this is when now you need to make sure that you get legal advice. You are guided by what you must do. Okay. And that's why the law says, you know, if I'm a single parent okay. and the natural guardian that is the father the other parent of the child is no longer around, then I must nominate a legal guardian in a will. But it is important that the legal guardian has also agreed because looking after a child, oh, in fact, looking after any other person comes with some financial responsibilities. Yeah. So the person must have agreed. You must make sure that they've got the financial means to look after the child. If not, you must have made provision that I've left, let's say, a million to look after my child for the next so many years up until they have gone through varsity and mm-hmm. they are now self-sufficient. So it is important that you, especially when you are a single parent and the legal guardian or the natural guardian is no longer there, that you've made provisions to for someone to look after your child and they've agreed to look after the child. Okay. So they must agree. Mm-hmm. Again, this I found out. <laughs> you mustn't assume, you know. I think in an African culture and then the way I grew up, my grandma, my grandmother always had children in the house. I don't know who. Some of them I knew who they were. Some mm. I didn't know. And my mother is the same. There's always somebody's child yes. living with her. But she's not that guardian that I know now. But I would have, I, I, I assumed, right, that um, if something happened to me, my child would be looked after by, you know, not just somebody, but certain people. But and then I found out <laughs> that um you actually have to act one, you have to say who this person is. 
Two, you have to ask that person, are you willing? Because it's not that they don't love you. And that's one thing that you said now. It's not that they don't love your child, but can they afford to look after your child? And even if they can look, even if they can afford to look after your child financially, I think it's just um, decency for you to actually say, this is the, this is what you're going to need financially to look after my child until mm -hmm. a certain age. For example, I could say, I will look after your child and then my child is going to a private school, but I can't afford um, fees for two kids going to a private school. I don't want to deprive my child of the private school education. So I send your child to a good school, mm. but a public school, and then it becomes, ah. mm. so that's what you're doing now. Mm. Uh, it's not that I don't love that child. It's just, <laughs> you know, come on, this is the way it is. And also one thing that I realized, if you write, if you write it, we're going to have to do this will and trust. We have to do will and trust separately because if you're writing in, if you're doing, if you're doing a will, you need to say, this is the kind of school I want my child to go. I've left the money for it. So don't take the money and go build your, go buy cows or something somewhere. So you need to be very specific. Yeah, you need to, you be, need very to be very clear. specific and very clear. But also the one thing that I must mention mm -hmm. is that, um, I have got a certain way in which I'm raising my child. Yes. I'm yes. A, mm -hmm. I, must, I must be happy that if I'm saying my brother or my sister are going to be looking after my child, are they upholding the same values that I uphold? Yep. Yep. That yep. is very mm. important. So it's not just about a question of finances. Mm -hmm. It's a question of the child's safety, emotional well-being, psychological well-being, mm -hmm. you know, being raised in a home, mm -hmm. like as a Christian, mm -hmm. is my child going mm -hmm. to be taken to church? Yeah. Are they going to be, you know, led? In even the, the values. Even yes. the values. It's very important. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think we should look at it as... It's not just the finances. No, no. it's mm -hmm. about... The whole well-being mm -hmm. of a child, being able to look after a child, but just quickly on the issue of no, 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 and trust, right? Yeah. Um, I would advise that you know if you are a single parent and you are having a conversation with family or friends, it's okay to even mm -hmm. have conversation with friends. That if I'm not around, that you're going to be the legal guardian. Please make sure that the money that you've left for your child is put safely in the trust. Because a legal guardian and someone who looks after the finances, you should make sure that you separate them, separate them, and you are safeguarding your child's financial future. We're going to have another discussion about this, but uh, may I say that there are banks in South Africa who actually do your wills for free. Um, FMB is one. I don't know if Standard Bank does Standard Bank do free, but you can find out. Find out. Even if it's just a standard will, you know, mm. these are my thoughts. This is what I want, you know. Even if you want people to dance at your funeral. <laughs> okay, my, you, um, if you know me, you know that I I will say I am very irreverent when it comes to death. Yeah. You know, for me, you die, that's it, you're gone. Bye. Yeah. But um, so I won't say that I don't want to offend anyone. So we are going to um talk about trust and wills. And what I'm going to ask you to do, please, um, do you want us to have a streaming? Uh, a, a live streaming of this or do you want it to be a pre-recorded one we're willing to do both uh, we're willing to do either one either to stream it so you can actually ask your questions live or just a pre-recorded one which means if you've got questions that you really want to ask as it concerns women law and finance please send it you can send it to me directly my email address is at the uh, bio page or you can just put it on the comments and uh, 
yes please subscribe 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 and i'll see you next week take care thank you thank you so much thank, thank you. you so this so much fun and so it important. was yeah.